No judgment, just raw and unfiltered answers. Starting now on the He Said What show with your host, Simply Bree. have tuned into He Said What with your girl, Simply Green. Yes, yes, thank you, thank you. You're too kind. So I want to welcome everyone. If this is your first time tuning in, then you are in for a treat, honey, okay? When I say you're in for a treat, you are in for a treat. So joining us this evening, is going to be uh, the one and the only Kevin Samuels. Wait, 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 not not this week. Oh, I'm sorry, not this week, not this week. We have Shamari joining us, and he is going to tap on men and accountability, you know, just like y'all wanted to know about women and why we can't own up to I mean, it's, it's all the same thing, but... If you guys are listening and you want to call in and become a part of the show, if you have questions for our guests, then the phone number that you want to dial is 515-602-9647, and you want to press that number one. And what that's going to do is that's going to let us know, hey, I have something to say, and we'll bring you up. Please make sure that you guys limit your um, questions, responses, comments to at least two minutes and under um, because we do need time to focus on our guests. If you are on our website, you can ask your questions through the chat and we will read the questions off and get those answered as well. And then also, if you are interested in advertising on the network, and that's either your business, if you're an artist and you want to promote your album, um, you want to send an email to info at he said what network.com and we will definitely get you guys all squared away. So now, now that I say it is not Kevin Samuels, it's Shamari. Let's go ahead and welcome Shamari to the show. <laughs> What's going on? What's going on? How's it going? What's going on with you? It's going, it's going. Taking me a little peace break before I move into my new spot. So okay. just having my own peace, my own peace. Mm, a peace of mind. Yes, we all need some peace. So let me ask you this. Just starting off, men and accountability. Mm-hmm. What did you think about uh, the topic when you seen that that was your newly selected one? Um, accountability, man, is a big thing for me in my life. Um, it's how I get stuff done. It's how I, um, kind of keep others around me, um, 
uplifted. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just about a responsibility thing. So mm-hmm. when it comes to, I guess, men and accountability, it's more about leadership um, and guiding and, I guess, being that force because you yeah. have to be accountable to be that force for people around you to see, okay, well, if I mess up, you know, I need to own up to it too because this is the type of person I want to be, you know. Right. So what if, let's say, um, we're dealing with a guy who's just not responsible himself. Can he naturally have any type of expectations for a woman to be accountable? Hmm. Um. I will say that whether the man is responsible or accountable or not, I don't think you can ever have an expectation of anybody to be accountable or responsible, to be honest. Okay. Um, I feel like I feel like everybody is feels at least um, the way society kind of raises up um, feels um, what's the word entitled um, mm-hmm. in a way. So I think mm-hmm. that sense of entitlement kind of spans across men and women, right. um, and it's created a society where being accountable is less of an important thing, mm-hmm. um, and that's pretty much why we, you know, look around and see a lot of people in the circumstances and things that they get themselves into, um, and then they're always looking to find someone to blame, man or woman. They're always yeah. looking to find someone to blame on situations where if they originally taking accountability and responsibility for their actions, they would have been okay, you know, at that point, by that point, because they would have been able to assess their situation and grow from it. But, um, yeah, I don't think it's a, I don't think accountability is a man or a woman problem. Um, I feel like, I feel like everybody owes it to themselves to be accountable. And if they're not there, then their life will suffer regardless of who they are. Right. Now being real, (laughs) <laughs> do you think that one side is less accountable than the other when it comes to men and women? See, now you're trying to bring the Kevin Samuels up. Now. <laughs> see, you, you're wrong for that one. But um, see, yeah. All right, I will, I will play an advocate for the men in this way. I will say that. I will say that in this society, and I'm just saying in this society because I look at the world as a whole sometimes. And mm-hmm. I think in America, we kind of lose sight of that because of the media. Um, we kind of are forced in this kind of American bubble that we live mm-hmm. in and don't understand anything outside of it or choose not to understand anything outside of it because it's comfortable. Mm-hmm. But um, in this society, yes, um, I have seen a bread sense of lack of accountability when it comes to women and that comes into, you know, politics and um, Mm -hmm. education and kind of the way we're bred. Like I said, um, society plays on our heads so much, man. It just kind of forces us to hate ourselves in a way, not literally hate, but we look at ourselves and compare ourselves to others all day, every day. And um, we're trying to see what we don't have and what we want and how we can attain those things and not looking at what we do have and what we, you know, what we can gain from what we have around us. So that I think that takes into accountability, <laughs> like yeah. the entitlement, have... like it's the reason for the entitlement. So, yeah, right. it, it comes into play with women because for me, honestly, I feel like the – the societal norm is to find a man who's going to provide for you 
What does mm-hmm. this mean? Um, you're looking for someone, in a sense, to do things for you that you feel as though you cannot do for yourself. That is the pretty much utter statement of a lack of accountability. When, um, yes, we know in this society that there are structures in place that kind of set women apart from men um, when it comes to the workforce and getting money um, and all that. But I'm going to just be honest with you. I look around at a whole bunch of women that do things that have nothing to do with society's standards. Um, They are owning businesses. They are um, creating revenue for their families. They are building legacies. Um, They are doing things that, you know, I guess women haven't been doing since Madam C.J. Walker. You know what I mean? So yeah. it just kind of takes this, takes this kind of like when you when you kind of put the society norm of finding somebody to provide for you, and you think about it in my 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 respect of a man who was raised by women. You know what I'm saying? Like um, didn't have many male role models. I see women as being this strong, like the strongest creature on this earth. You know what I'm saying? So it's like when I see a lot of women kind of warped out of that, mentally warped out of their strength by society, you know yeah. what I'm saying? By the way society plays in their heads is telling them what they're not, over-sexualizing them, uh, you know, and, and doing all these things to their head. Um, I just feel like it's sad. I just feel like it's sad because it's not their fault that they're not accountable. Um, you know, it's not, it's not anybody, it's, it's not that they're wrong. Um, and, you know, men play into it too. So, it works yeah. out for everybody in a way because that's the cycle and we all get oh. crapped on. Yeah. Um, I, I can definitely agree with you as far as societal norms, um, you know, because it will make someone question themselves if they're not strong, if, if you know, they're weak minded, if they don't know who they are and um, they continue to look at what's being pushed um, to you know, the rest, the norm, as the norm, then, yeah, they're going to conform. But if you know who you are, you know what you want and what you're willing to do and not do, then um, I believe that that will definitely play a role. It is unfortunate when it comes to being a woman um, that there is a particular um, outlook or vision that guys have for the normal woman. So especially when it comes to being an African American woman, you can't be mm-hmm. you can't have an attitude, okay? Mm-hmm. Can't be that angry black woman or else you're mm-hmm. gonna fall into the stereotype. So it's right. almost like damned it's damned if you do, damned if you don't. So it that's it's kinda hard to balance but be yourself at the same time. And I think a lot of the times men may not see that because Men don't go through that per se. They have their own yeah. path yeah, yeah, that you guys have to issues. go through. Yeah, yeah like you got to have all your issues. stuff together. You got to have a house. Right. You got to have a job and a car. Right. Lord forbid if you don't have yeah. a, a job. Yeah, I think I think I think a lot of the times a lot of us don't take the time to sympathize or empathize with the other because it's war. You know what I mean? You're not really trying to empathize with the other person because what do they tell you the whole life? Love is what war. Love is pain. Love is is that. So if you're thinking about, like, in the general aspect of how we, like, kind of come at love, that's why when it comes to building relationships now, you know what I'm saying, in my life, 
I never really try to go at it from a, oh, I'm coming at you from, you know what I'm saying, perspective. Mm-hmm. It's like, hey, we can network, we can be friends, that's cool. And then, you know, if there's some chemistry, we'll find out. But, mm-hmm. like, I'm not about to be dating nobody in this society. You know what I'm saying? I'm not about to take you out on no dates and get to know you and do all that extra stuff that they're trying to tell you is the right way to find somebody because it's not true. Mm-hmm. It's just not true. It's a it's it's a fallacy. It's a figment of your imagination created by the media and everything you've learned and watched and taught, told were told. Um, and I think to kind of grow out of that and gain some accountability, you have to unlearn everything you've learned about love and relationships mm-hmm. and and education and ju- the judicial system and everything. Right. Like everything, everything, <laughs> everything you look at, everything, everything you ever were told and taught, everything, everything you were ever told and taught, you have to take yourself out of it um, completely. Understand who you, what you want, like you said, and what you really want to be, and who you really want to be, and only kind of focus on that and 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 cherish that and hold on to that. That'd be your life because you're gonna die one day, you know. So it's like, what are you really living for? Yeah, and the the crazy part about it is we don't look at things like this. We don't have this perspective until we're in our 20s, our late 20s, and our early 30s. So it's like, how much time do you really have to now undo everything that has been implemented from childhood on up? Mm-hmm. And once you undo it, then you have to reprogram yourself. Right. And then what do you try mind? to enjoy life. <laughs> yeah, um, so it's, it's trying. Yeah. It's definitely trying. Yeah, yeah. Mm. it's a process. Yes. So um, for those I, who are I, listening, I will say, I was just about to say to a testament to what you said, this culture right now, like this kind of new wave of um, what's going on in the media per se and um, how it was kind of funny when social media started as this construct, man, they tried to really manipulate and control people through it. But like now you're realizing, I think the world is realizing that you can't really control people like People are going to post and say what they want to say, and all these people that are posting stuff, now they're choosing to post, like, yeah, we're beautiful. Like, stop putting mm-hmm. fake stuff on. Stop being fake. Like, stop using fake soap and fake toothpaste. Stop, <laughs> stop just, right. you know, <laughs> just fake everything. <laughs> like, stop it. Like, be natural. <laughs> be who you are. It's okay. Like, and this, that's really a theme right now, you know? Right. And that's beautiful. That's beautiful. Yeah. So, definitely speaking to the masses right now. So, you guys, um, this is He Said What with your girl Simply Bree and tonight's guest, Mr. Shamari. We're talking about men and accountability. Um, If you want to join in on the conversation, the phone number is 515-602-9647. And you're going to press the number one, and that way we'll know you have something to say. So we'll bring you up. We're getting ready to take a quick song break. This song is called Seeds by Liv Roscoe. And uh, you guys will be right back. Take a listen. I'm 
by Liv Roscos. She was a guest tonight on Studio Vibe. So if you missed that, go to he said what network.com and take a listen. Uh, Jay Stone was also our guest, and you'll hear one of his tracks a little later on this evening. So tonight, joining me, we have Mr. Shamari. I called him Kevin Samuels earlier because I thought I didn't know what to expect, but he's actually... <laughs> So we're talking about <laughs> men First, in accountability. Hold on, hold on. Real quick, real quick, before we go on, can you uh, share that song with me that you just played? I was, I was, yes. I was feeling that. I was feeling that. Yeah, that was Seeds by Liv. I'll definitely send you her information. I love her voice. Yeah, like, oh, yeah that was dope. That was dope. That was a vibe yeah. right there. Yes, like you know, you just be snapping and then just laid back, chilling. Yes, mm-hmm. that was her. Yeah. So no, that was nice. we're talking about men and accountability. If you guys want to jump in on this conversation, give us a call, 515-602-9647, and you're going to press the number one, and that will let me know you have something to say, and I'll bring you up. Now, if you're a little shy and you really don't want people to hear your voice, but you still have something to say, that's Okay. Go to the website, he said, whatnetwork.com. In the bottom right-hand corner, it should say chat. Go ahead and send us a message with your question, and I will get your question read on the air. So, Shamari. Now, oh, man, I thought, I thought you was about to say you had a voice disguiser or something, man. I thought you had the technology up or something. Hold on, I see. <laughs> no, I don't have that. If you shy, if you shy just fall in. And we're going to put the voice disguiser on you. I mean, oh, yeah, but so you, got, you got to bamboozle them, basically. And have them thinking that's what's going to happen, because that's not going to happen. They're going to recognize your voice if you call in. I just want you guys to let that. Listen, let's kill the Band-Aid off. Let's rip the scab. They're going to recognize your voice. You we know who you yeah. is. Listen, listen, be, be accountable. Okay, be responsible. Yeah, we know up. we know who you are in chat. We know who you are yeah. in chat. Don't you? Okay, we see your That's IP it. address. Come on. Stop. <laughs> Own up to what you got to say, basically. So now, in in the process, prior to us going to this commercial break, we were talking about unprogramming. Now, how does your childhood play a role with? how you are as an adult when it comes to being responsible. Uh, ouch. I mean, mm. childhood is like, I guess, I guess it would be the foundation. 
Um, I guess a childhood would be the foundation, man, because that's what that's all of what you stand on is what you learn from that point, you know, up until I guess like that middle school area, you know, where you start to just be like, okay, this is who I'm going to, who I want to become as an adult. Mm-hmm. But all before then, you're kind of just being built as a, what they call them, the uh, builder bears or whatever. Okay. You kind of, yeah, you just kind of basic and you just kind of grow from there. So, um, yeah, your childhood, your childhood plays a huge factor, but I would say from being a person with children, um, I think that personality, zodiac, all that type of stuff plays in just as much um, as your, I guess, biology to how you adapt and and deal with things, I would say. Right, gotcha. So um, certain people, like um, my daughter and my son, are different, completely different people. They were raised in the same household. They abide by the same rules, but they're two completely different people. They take things differently. They deal with situations differently, um, you know. So it's just it's just understanding that, yeah, yeah your childhood does play a role, um, a significant role in who you become and how accountable you can be. And even even the role of unlearning things and detaching from this world, like, mm-hmm. you know, you got to you gotta build it on your own experience, you know. And right. that's really what you're detaching for is to get a grip of your experience. Like, take out everything people said and just go from what you know. Like, what do you actually deal with? Like, what have you what have you seen in the world? What have you encountered? What is what is God in the universe or whatever you believe in, Allah, mm-hmm. Buddha, whatever trying to tell you? You know what I'm saying? Like, what are they trying to tell you? What are they trying to show you? Try to understand that part and take out what you've learned from church and school and your mama and your daddy and the media and the news and fresh prints and all that stuff. Not fresh prints. <laughs> hey, man, that was, hey, hey. The moments with, with Will and Uncle Phil was real lessons. Don't take that away from me. But okay, anyway. You got that. <laughs> <laughs> you got that. But. I mean, you know, take take all of that out of out of the equation of your life and then realize like you've had a journey already, you know. Yeah. Um it's not about those stories that you read and their journey and how you can apply it to your life. How can you apply the crap that already happened to you to you, you know what I mean? Right. <laughs> and actually grow from that part, you know. So yeah, your childhood definitely plays a huge role, but it's one of those things where you still got to be resilient in yourself and realize, like, the childhood was your childhood, but everybody had one, so whatever. Right. So you know what the interesting thing is, right? So experiences, if we're going based off of experiences um, and the people that we interact with, and let's say those were positive experiences, but then those same people have to deprogram themselves does it really change once they realize who they are and once they start to follow their own path instead of following the path that society says is correct? Does Do you think that would change their perspective and in, in their interaction with you? Um, I would say from my own experience, yeah, all of my experiences was positive. God said it up real, real sweet for me, I would say, mm-hmm. um, just in a hindsight 2020 aspect of, you know, knowing what human beings have to deal with on this earth um, coming up, like where you was born at, you don't get to choose none of that. You don't get to choose who, you know what I'm saying, you'd be born to a rich family or a crackhead, you know what I'm saying? Like, that, it don't matter. Like, you could, it's 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 not up 
like, you know, you know what it is. It don't matter. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, you still got to get out here and get it. So right. to be real, like, uh, goodness, it's just, it's just one of them things for me because I guess it comes back into accountability. Yeah, I had things pretty good, but I would tell you most of the hardships that I had in my life mm-hmm. were in my teen years that I created for myself. Oh, you know, all of the crap that I went through, I created myself. What I'm trying to say is, is that regardless of how we see our crap, we we all go through crap. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. So you can have a, you can, you can be treated great. You know, you can have this, that, and the other, and then you go to school, and then, you know, you get some friends that betray you or whatever. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Or it could be all kind of stuff that happens. You get, you know get blindsided it could be health issues you know what i'm saying like all kind of stuff could lead you down a path of you know where where you kind of question things right. and that's really all it is is getting to a point to where you question things man mm-hmm. like like stop accepting everything is verbatim like when the doctor i bet everybody listening and you as well have heard that story where you go to the doctor and they're like, you only got a certain amount to live or your child mm-hmm. is only going to make it to see seven years old or whatever. Mm-hmm. And now the child is 14 and you're, <laughs> you know, 10 years past whatever that date was that the doctor said. And you're like, mm-hmm. man, if I would have listened to them, yada, yada. So I just, I just feel like if you can take, take all of that out, take all the voices and start questioning everything. Like, don't be afraid to question everything, even if you're wrong. You know what I'm saying? Like, like something society might be right and you question society, like education, for example. Yeah, mm-hmm. schools are crap. Like, the education system in America is crap. We know this. Teachers know it. Principals know it. Um, counselors right. know it. We're all trying to work around it, <laughs> but everybody yeah. is in it. <laughs> but it's funny because there are people in that society, counselors, principals, teachers, there are people who have taken themselves out of the society, unlearned what they did, found out who they were, and found a way to apply it to real life. You right, know? yeah. Going into their own schools that they're the teacher or the principal and talking to those kids outside of what they want you to tell those kids. Going there and saying, hey, you know, yeah, we got to have these test scores going on. Like That's what the wants. That's what the superintendent wants. That's what these things need. That's what they mm-hmm. require. But we're going to teach you how to start a business at this school, you know, underhand. We're going to teach you how to, you know, um, grow, grow your, grow agriculture. We're going to teach mm-hmm. you how to, how to, to maintain your finances. Certain teachers will be in the classroom teaching that on the side because they found themselves and they understand that society is, is controlling their kids and they don't want to adhere to it anymore um you know so i think regardless of your upbringing or how what trauma you might have had something is still wrong in society and you're gonna be able to pick up on it especially if you're young and you're talented and you melanated and you you're doing your thing you know what i'm saying you got you got feelings you got emotions we're all impact we all have power you know we all have power that we we don't necessarily know about, you know, or understand, but we right. feel it. And we feel some type of way when we feel it. We feel like, oh, man, I, I feel something. We, what would they call it, intuition or something? Mm-hmm. Like you feel something off and you're like, yeah. and you're like oh, man, like, what's wrong with me? Something's wrong with mm-hmm. me because I shouldn't feel off right now. No, ain't nothing wrong with you. Right. You feel off, well, let me, something off, fool. <laughs> like, let me, let me ask you this. 
Let me ask you this. In in response to even, you know, because there's two ways to look at everything. In response to the doctor giving the news stating that the child is not only going to last or only going to live up to a certain time, and then they surpass that by 10 years, that also, in those type of situations, what it does is it pushes you to do things with your life that you would have never probably done at that time if someone didn't Mm -hmm. give you a time limit. So, um, I mean, yes. there's there's good in every situation. Yes, society, society completely 100%, 100% is responsible for LeBron James. You're right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, <laughs> so you, you, you understand? Mm-hmm. I get it. I get it. Um, yeah. But I, I also see a lot of insecurities in LeBron James when he's on TV. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? I see a lot of I see a lot of I see a lot of traumatic issues from his past creep up on TV that has nothing to do with his past. We we be talking about basketball. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. And he's talking about man, my dad wasn't there. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. do we really care if you're making fifty uh, points a game? Like, you know what I'm saying? Right. Like, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. To be to be honest, I don't know. Most people don't. I I do know that, but like. Mm-hmm. It's, it's just one of those things where, yeah, society plays this role, but society is also playing this role on people who are held within the society. That sounds real good to be, you know, LeBron James and be making that much money, but I'm going to be real with you. The type of money that LeBron is uh, is getting to and Kanye, you know what I'm saying, you hear about his $2.6 billion, uh-huh. you know what I'm saying, these these types of these types of money that black people are amassing right now and it's great right it's like wow black people are finally able to get a dollar because um the owner of lebron james's team has like a whole bunch of those billions like sitting somewhere mhm and yeah. i think when we all as black people look around at each other and be like man you broke broke you broke i don't want to be broke 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 mhm that shit just sad cuz we all going to be broke forever so we looking yeah, around at I mean, each other trying to see who more broke. <laughs> look, I'm broke, but I ain't broke, bro. I ain't broke it. Look, I can ride this little Chevy now, and I ain't broke. <laughs> it's just sad because it's like we're fighting yeah. over like the we're fighting over being the best peasant. You know. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? Okay, moving along. The best peasant. Okay, so now. When it comes to relationships and the decisions that, you know, each person makes, you know, yeah, you're responsible for yourself, but how do you handle poor decisions that might be um, created or made by your partner when you're in a relationship? Ooh, Lord. Because um, you, you said a key statement when you're in the relationship, meaning you chose to be in this relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say if if – if it's a consistency behind a poor, the poor decision making, depending on how it affects you. Um, if it's um, you got a woman that just refused to stop shopping and she's spending all your money, you got to leave her. Or, um, you know, you're okay with not having anything to put towards your bills. I guess I don't know. Um, it just it just depends on how it's affecting you as a decision that the other person is doing. If the person is like promiscuous or whatever and and that dude is just like having sex with everybody, you know what I'm saying? It might be okay with you to stay with him, but 
you know, just realize he might bring you back something or something like that. You know what I'm saying? And that's got to be okay with you. That's accountability. You see what I'm saying? So yeah. it's like, you know, you got to be accountable for who you chose because you can always choose to leave. So it's right, up to you. Right. You know, um, it's just one of those things where relationships, man, it's people, people have created this sense of um, comfortability in the, in the, the term relationship to where it's like, oh, okay, I'm with somebody, so everything I do should be tolerated. Um, and I don't think that's the case. I think if you're with somebody, you want to be, you're, you want to find somebody that can help you grow and become a better person. But like to be honest, that's just not how people think these days. Mm-hmm. Um, so it is what it is. Um, if you if you're with somebody and they're making bad decisions consistently. It's up to you to be accountable, not them, because that's what they want to do. You know what I'm saying? Right. You can't be upset with them for doing what they want to do. Now, if they're doing it on your dime, then you can be upset with yourself for allowing them to, but uh-huh. you can't be mad at them for doing it because, shoot, that's, I mean, who wouldn't go splurge and have fun on somebody else's dime or money? That's what children do. Um, we were raised to do that. Right. We were raised, literally raised to do that as Men and women, we were kids. At one point, we were like, I want that, daddy, I want mm-hmm. that, mommy. And you point, and then they get it for you, and you're like, yay, I got it. And that's how right. we were brought up. Like, <laughs> And then we grow up, and then we're like, damn it, I got to go get that for myself. That's some bullshit. So, right. <laughs> oh, mm-hmm. <laughs> but <laughs> there goes one. But <laughs> anyway. I heard it, too. So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so okay. So even if even if it's let's say it's not your money that they're spending, it's their own money, um, but they're being reckless with it, and you're in a relationship with them. Is there no need to address address it at any point in time? Like, do you think you shouldn't say anything? The the same thing. I'm gonna say again. It depends mm-hmm. on how it's affecting you. If mm-hmm. it's affecting you in a way where you're like, look, this person's spending so much money. And that's not cool because I think this money should go to this and I think this money should go to that. But everything's taken care of, especially if it's on that person's end and they spend, they choose to spend their money how they want. You just uh, a Mitch, I would say, you know Mm -hmm. what I'm saying? You just pretty much trying to find something to complain about because you ain't got things that they got or you want more for yourself or whatever. And you ain't really getting it on that end. But however, if that person is spending their chosen money, the money that they went and made, hard-earned, whatever, easy-earned, however they made it, if they're spending their money on whatever and it's affecting your household and your bills and your financial status and all that type of stuff, it's affecting you, and you have to be accountable yeah. for that and realize, like, I need to either get out of this situation or find a way to change this. Because um, obviously, you know, when people are the way they are, they're not going to change uh, uh, willingly, I guess, if you want to put it that way, like, Mm-hmm. They are who they are, and that's fine. You know, you just have to be okay with who they are if you're going to be with them. And if you're right. not okay with who they are, own up to that to yourself. Find out what you can do about it, and if not, get the heck out of there. And be okay with right. being by yourself. Gotcha. Okay, that's a very, very good point you make here, Sarah. Now, how do men deal with women who can never admit to being wrong when they are wrong. Um, I would say it would have to be, when you say men, you just mean in general. Because in general. Okay, you, got like, you, got, you got different types of men. You see what I'm saying? Okay. And it's, 
is very. I'm, I'm sure you've dealt with different types of men, mm-hmm. even though we we would sometimes say, "Oh, all women the same, all men the same." There's there's mm-hmm. some truth to all that, but like there's different types of men who deal with different types of crap. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. we all got crap. We all got our crap. We know this. We know every woman, every man is gonna have crap with them because we were born in this world. So mm-hmm. um, when it comes to that type of stuff, it's just people. I would say me personally. I, I claim myself as a real man, and I don't say nothing about, like, real man. Is, oh, you this or you that. When I say real man, I mean I'm real with myself. <laughs> That's what I mean right. by real. When I say a real woman, or I say a real woman, I mean she got real hair, real nails. I mean she real with herself. She could say, hey, these nails ain't real. I'm not throwing them at you if you try me. Like, oh, you know what I'm saying? Right. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> like, that's real. But that's real. Like, she don't yeah. care. You see what I'm saying? And I don't care. You know what I mean? I'm, mm-hmm. I'm, I am who I am. You are who you are. And I'm going to acknowledge both as what, right. it, what it is. I ain't got no issues with none of that. So being a real man in my sense, I don't choose. I choose not to deal with anybody. When I get hints and red flags or whatever, whatever whoop the whoop, society makes it so easy to tell people's character. Mm-hmm. Um, through conversation, through body language, um, it's easy for me not to deal with stuff like that. I ain't. I can meet somebody and go on their Instagram and look at a couple posts and be like, okay, yeah, no, it's not gonna happen. You know what right. I mean? Like honestly, I'm I'm that real with myself and be like, you know what? This person feels this way. This is their this is their mindset. This is that and the other. I don't agree with this. I'm cool on it. Period. Mm-hmm. And no matter how fine they is, how how successful they are, how whatever, I got nothing to do with me. Right. I got my own. <laughs> so yeah. I'm good. I'm good over here. And that's that's being real. You know what I'm saying? That's being real with yourself. So a lot of men ain't gonna. A lot of real men who's real with themselves, especially if they're in a high stature, if they feel like there's a high value of worth to them, um, the only type of time a type of time they'll deal with that is if they find a woman exquisitely beautiful or whatever, and they feel like you know that's they can't they can't capture that beauty again, and they will tolerate certain things because of that beauty, you know. Mm. But to be um to be real with you, that's only gonna go so far depending on the stature of the man because other women is gonna be after him and it's gonna only last you for so long. Right. You know. Mm. Um and, and, and I'm gonna be real, when the man is in, in this uh higher stature or whatever, we can splurge on you and not even care. Like, you know, we'll spend thousands of dollars and not give a darn, like and not bat an eye and you're like, Oh, he loves me, he's doing this, he's doing that but honestly like we don't take that as no L. We got to spend that time, and we're gonna find another woman to spend that time with after you. So it's mm-hmm. like it's more of it's more of the it's more of the process of what type of man you're dealing with that's gonna allow you to be that unaccountable and just just whine. You know that type of person, I guess, that you were explaining that type gotcha. of woman, that type of energy. <laughs> can can materials such as um, you know cars and clothes and the jewelry things like that equate to love? I mean, does that does that really play a, a significant role in relationships? You think? I'm, I'm a, I'm gonna give you a loose no, but okay. um, what I will say is is that there is a materialistic love language, um, so you have to be aware that the person that you're with, you know, what I'm saying, I would say like, from what I know about a certain a certain group of people born from a certain time, you know what I'm saying? Certain people like certain things, you know what I'm saying? Right, yeah. So it's like, you know, you can't sit up there and say, oh, well, love is this way or love is that way because, you know, I, I like 
Um, there's this app Clubhouse that I'd be on, and I had this conversation with somebody. I had a conversation with this guy, and he was just like, we were talking about love languages, and when uh-huh. I said it was, it was a question I asked about affection. Like, what's your favorite way to receive affection? And he was like, um, he said he liked to receive small gifts, like small gifts that weren't expensive, but took a lot mm-hmm. of care and thought put into them. And it was it was funny to me because my first thought of affection was physical, like physical touch, a hug, or something like that. So mm-hmm. it, it's just the way people's minds work. How they view it, know? yeah. And yeah, it's completely different. So you can't say, oh, well, you know, buying somebody a business, showing them love. That person might have always wanted a Benz, never got a Benz. Their grandparents might have had a Benz and lost it, and that Benz mm-hmm. might be everything emotionally right. for that person, you see what I'm saying? Or it could just be like, you know, something else to do, a car, you know what I'm saying, that you can drive and it'd be nice and that's like a show of affection because like who the heck buys people cars? Like somebody who spends right. a lot of money on something. <laughs> like so it just like you work for that money, you know what I'm saying? Depending like, you know, like I said, you got your guys like me who might get it on a business credit and be like, All right, well yeah, here's your new car and you're like, Oh, he just did all this for me but it was like write off or whatever. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> but you can't you can't you can't write off car gifts. You can't write off car gifts anymore. So if somebody does buy you a car, it's different now. Um, But, you know, there's a lot of things, you know what I'm saying, you have to look beyond the material for the actual value. Because, yes, the material is still just a material, and it can break and get destroyed. And then what do you have? Nothing. Right. So, um, oof, buy a car as a gift. Um, anybody out there that's listening, this is Simply Bring. If you want to purchase me a car as a gift, can you please consult with me first? Because I have bills, and I would rather the bills be taken care of than the car. See, Bree, 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 you going just, about it different. Ain't nobody, ain't nobody going to give you $20,000 to pay your bills, but they'll give you a $20,000 car. You take that car and be like, thank you, and go sell listen, it for $20,000. Go pay your bills. $20,000 worth of debt. <laughs> Like, hey, really listen, don't. listen, 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 okay. listen. That, okay. See, now, now, now you just came up. You got $10,000 worth of debt. You got $10,000 worth of debt paid and $10,000 worth of income supported. So oh you just God. taking yourself out of blessings, telling people not to get you a car and pay your bills. Your bills might be three, $4,000 or whatever they taking care of. This dude looking like, dang. I guess I go buy this chick a car because she didn't want the car. She just <laughs> listen. Listen, and then at the end of the day, whether I get it or not, it really doesn't matter because you know everything's working for me right now, anyways. So, um, before we take that is our- beautiful. That is that is the true statement. That is. <laughs> so, um, for those who are listening, you have tuned into He Said What. With you girls, Simply Bree, and we have Shamari tonight. We're discussing men and accountability. If you want to jump in on this conversation, we got about 15 minutes left of the show. The number is 515-602-9647. Go ahead and press the number one, and that way I will know that you have something to say. So we are getting ready to take a quick song break. This song is called Makeup Sex by Jay Stone who was also our guest tonight on Studio Vibe. So you guys take a listen, and we'll be right back. Right. 
Mm-hmm. So um, that kind of, you know, goes into the, I guess, daddy role that husbands play. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, you know, but then you got the matriarch type of woman, you know, like my grandma, who was always like the leader of the family and mm-hmm. granddaddy, who was just watching TV, movies and stuff in the room and chilling, you right. know. But he was okay. still there. I guess that's a weird thing. <laughs> he was still there. Yeah. yeah. So, that's it, something, so, I guess. So you have, yeah, you do have those type of situations where, um, the man is is viewed as the head of household um, in society's eyes. Um, and then you have these situations where the woman is actually the breadwinner. Um, right. So how might, how might a situation um, be different if the woman was the one that was making the money in the household, but yet the man still wanted to be seen as the head of household? <laughs> it's funny you. It's so mm-hmm. funny you put it that way, because I don't know if that um I don't know if that references how you feel about it. But if mm-hmm. I was just outside looking in and didn't know, simply Bree, I would say you felt some type of way about it by the way you put it. Me? But yeah, yeah. No, oh, and I respond after you're done. <laughs> um. But but um nah I think it's I think it's kinda it depends on the communication. Let's go to that topic. Communication. Mm-hmm. Um and cooperation, communication, interpretation, um, all oceans they they're the bread and butter of this conversation. Uh-huh. Um, because when you really honestly look at it, all a woman wants to to all a woman really wants when they're like in a relationship with a man and the man is of course providing and doing all this, all they want to to have is to look at look as be looked at as equal. Uh-huh. Like they want to be looked at as a partner, you know. Uh-huh. And it's um, the way society plays it. If you're the woman in that, it's an unbalance. So it's an issue. So, like, the man can't be looked at as higher. He has to be lower. Mm-hmm. And I think that's why. It's because women are always looking for, looking toward being looked at as a partner, looking toward being looked at as an equal and never really feel that way. So when a woman is making more money, they're like, okay, well, now I'm up here. I got what I, I got what you had. Ha, ha, ha. I'm this, I'm that. When you just, <laughs> I mean, both of you are just tearing your relationships apart regardless of the situation. And um, mm-hmm. I think it's easier for a woman to tear a man down that way than a man for a woman. But honestly, I, I think it's the same because regardless when a woman is in that situation, she still feels that way. You know what I'm saying? Uh-huh. Like it's not any better or worse for the woman just because it's normal. Because <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. women are always kind of beat down in that way. And they allow themselves to because they rather get taken care of. They rather get provided for. So they're like, yeah, I'll take the brunt of this punishment because at least I don't have to pay my own bills with the world. I have to mm-hmm. be an adult. So, like, it's like, yeah, I'll take this. 
And when it comes to men, I think men get fed up with it. I see it all the time. You know what I'm saying? We live mm-hmm. in a society where people lose their jobs. Like, I don't know why so people, so many people are focused away from entrepreneurship, away from doing their passions, away from doing what they love because they find a sense of security in jobs, and then they lose their mm-hmm. job. And they're like, oh, my God, life is over. So it's right. Like, um, men lose their jobs too. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> so, so when a man loses his job, I see it all the time where the woman is, you know, taking up the slack, and they're like, "Hey, what the hell?" You know, it's crazy, right? But right. I guess it's just normal society in reverse, and they just a lot of women don't know how to take that type of power or or take that type of responsibility and not feel and or just let it go to their heads. Um. You know, it's just like when you gave that little hall, hall monitor to pass in, in school. Yeah, and like, <laughs> you're supposed to go to the bathroom. Yeah, that's how that's how a lot of women do things, and it's sad because if men were to do it the same way, society would be turned upside down because nobody would be happy, honestly. Like, if you go into the refrigerator and it's like, oh, I bought that milk, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> like, what kind of household are you running? You know right. what I'm saying? Who, why does it matter who bought the milk, you know? It's just um, this milk in the refrigerator. That's all that matters. Right. We I, should, yeah, yeah. So we have about five minutes left of the show, but I did want to respond to that because I think you know me well enough to know that that statement I was not affected by. Um, first, I agree with everything that you did state, um, you know, as far as finding a sense of security and all of that. For me mm-hmm. as a woman, if I was the breadwinner and I was in a relationship and we lived together, I want my man to to feel at the top of his game, whether he's making yeah, more so, money than so, me or so not. So he can go out there and get the bread anyway. Like, he, yeah, because guess what? It's a win-win for the both of us if we're in a relationship. So regardless of who's making the money, it's the fact that at least one of us is being able to keep the lights on and keep the heat on. Now oh, I'm not. Oh, oh! I just thought of something. I'm sorry. I just thought of something that's a huge key factor that that really holds people back, that like crab in a barrel mindset. Because mm-hmm. sometimes we as people, men and women, are, had this this emotion that come up, which is jealousy, and mm-hmm. that's a huge. That plays a huge role in the money situation too. Because sometimes people don't want to see their partner do well, yo. And it's crazy because you live in the same house. And you live in the under. You get the same stuff. You got the same stuff. They keep their money separate, and they be competing with each other the whole time. And mm. it's great. Women and men, they are, both are guilty. And it's yeah. like you know what I'm saying. And the man will sit there and be like, "Yeah, I want to make the most money, and that's normal, and it's okay. It's okay when the man do it. Like they they will belittle their women a lot of times to feel like more manly or whatever. But then when that that come on the other foot. I'm going to be real. I've seen women, like, sabotage their men. You know what I mean? Like, literally literally take opportunities away from their men because they don't want to see them higher up because they're scared they're going to lose them if mm-hmm. they become something better because they, you know, energy. How energy works, if you ain't balanced, that person go up. It's like, yo, I, I'm going up. Where you at? You know what I'm right. saying? What you got going on? And I saw that yeah. in a uh, podcast with Social Proof. Um, I don't know if you've seen the Social Proof podcast in Atlanta, but you can uh, you need to get on a Social Proof on YouTube. They're huge. Mm-hmm. But I seen one on there where the woman she was on there she's she's called the wife the wife guru. She teaches women how to be better wives or whatever. And she was saying right. with her man, her man she was coming up in her entrepreneurship trying to figure it out right. 
starting a business. She's making good money in her business, but one of the months or seasons it started to wane. Her her numbers uh-huh. started to wane or whatever. Her husband came to her. She come to her husband, yada yada, and he's like, he says, "Well, you were. Hey, you said this was gonna work. You you better get it together. We got these bills to pay. I'm I'm keeping up my slack. What's up with you? You right. know, and and." And in that context, she took that as a good thing and was like, you know what? He's right. I said, this is going to work. I got to do this. I got to do that. And hey, then, of course, it's making a question. I thing. don't want to cut you off. We got two minutes left, but I do want people to be able to follow you. So let everybody know, how can they find you on social media? Oh, I'm private, baby. You can't even find me on none of that. You just got to catch me in the street. So, I mean, it is what it is. Now, uh, um, you can find me on Instagram at G-H-E-D-O dot A-R-T. G-H-E-D-O dot A-R-T. And that's pronounced ghetto art. Um, yeah, that's that's the only thing you can pretty much find me on. And I'll accept you if you, if you, if you hit me up today or whatever and, and, and request me today. I'll accept you and give you a peek at the life or whatever. But um, if okay. you go on the Instagram, you ain't even gotta you ain't even gotta gotta follow me or nothing. You could just click that tab in the the bio or whatever the the little link, and that's for Amazon.com and buy my book. It's Taya's Destiny. Buy it for your kids. Buy it for yourself. It's an enjoy mm. release, an epic adventure. You'll love it. Go on All in right. there and do that thing. Thank you so much for joining us tonight, Shamari. You guys, thank you so much for tuning in. It was a pleasure. You are listening to He Said What? Every Tuesday, 8 p.m. until 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Please make sure you follow the network at He Said What Radio on Instagram. Check out the website, www.hesaidwhatnetwork.com, where you can find a plethora of all of our other shows. Check out Fetish Finesse starting this Friday at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. It's our grown and sexy show for our adults. So, young listeners, unfortunately, you cannot listen to this. Like I said, follow us, follow me, Simply Breathe, um, all of our social media. Thank you, guys, and you have a good night.